Today our subject is the war on cancer. Are we ready to win it? President Richard Nixon tried almost 35 years ago and many say that he failed. Now, this time, do we have the money, do we have the tools, do we have the will, do we have the science to win the war on cancer? You are listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233. This is the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. My guest today is Jerry Mann, Associate Director for Policy at the Yale Cancer Center, part of the Yale School of Medicine. He's worked in the White House as a health policy advisor on tobacco, food safety, and cancer. He's worked for the FDA on tobacco. He helped design the nutrition facts food labels on our packaged goods, and he's had his finger in all kinds of Washington pies. Welcome to the program, Mr. Mann. Thank you, Paul. It's a delight to be here. It's been quite a while since the war on cancer, thirty more than 35 years. And when President Nixon announced the war on cancer, there was a lot of sentiment and by proponents that cancer would be cured by the time of the bicentennial in, in 1976. I think we're a little late on that deadline. We are. And unfortunately, uh, millions of uh, Americans today have cancer and are, we're hoping for better news. And I think we are, though, finally at a time where we can uh, get better results. Now, cancer is our second leading killer after heart disease. Well, it is overall, but if you look at people under the age of 85, it's now number one. So the heart disease is a little bit more skewed to older individuals. Although cancer is mostly a disease of at least middle age and beyond, isn't that fair to say? That's right. There are some pediatric cancers, and in fact, that's where we've had some of our greatest uh, success and and, and progress. But cancer still is an enormous burden, and especially in middle age, older, but again, For people under age 85, it is the number one killer. What has changed in the 35 years since Richard Nixon was president? I can think of a lot of things, but what has changed with regard to trying to win the war on cancer? The reason it's important for us to refocus our efforts today in defeating cancer is the tremendous progress we've made in understanding the biological sciences. You know, back in the, uh, before President Nixon, President Kennedy in the 1960s set a goal of sending a man to the moon in 10 years. We had the right understanding of physics to do that enormous task to translate it, but the science was there. It simply wasn't there in biology in the 1970s, and for that matter, the 80s, the 90s, the investments we've made for 35 years in the science has finally put us in a place where we understand biology, particularly at the molecular level of what goes on in the cell in the smallest uh, spaces that will allow us today to finally, uh, I think, be able to Um, make great progress and and eventually defeat cancer. Well, let me challenge you on that uh, a little bit. Now, I've covered these things for a while, too, and I remember in the 80s when the human cancer genes were found and there was a lot of excitement. We now have the the answers. We can target these genes and come up with new treatments. And then in the 90s, we had the Human Genome Project, and that was going to solve all our problems. And uh, here it is, you know, a good number of years after the completion of the Genome Project, and we're still saying the same kind of thing. Boy, we know a lot about the biology now. Isn't that terrific? But how much of that is actually getting to patients? You know, I heard many of those same things when I was in Washington. And the the reason I came here to Yale four years ago was to get a front-row seat and see what the scientists are doing and find out and uh, try to answer the question you were just asking about how has the science advanced. And are we really at a point where we have the science as we had in physics back in the 1960s to send a man to the moon? And I think we do have the science. It's not perfectly there. I've taken advantage of my work with cancer scientists to ask everyone I meet, is the science there? And, and I can tell you not 100% agree yet, but every year I've been here, more and more say, you know, we're, we finally have uh, that science. What's been missing is really, I think, the will, uh, commitment, and urgency 
um, in which to translate that science into a specific goal. Now, we, we do have the, some of the first few drugs, things like Gleevec and so forth, that molecular drugs that are the product of molecular biology. So I, I guess it's fair to say that, that we are starting to see some of these things appear, sometimes for uncommon cancers and so forth. But I guess it's a good sign that at least some of those have made their arrival. That's right. And they mark a very different approach, this new approach to attacking cancer uh, that the new science provides. You know, here at Yale, we were the first cancer center to successfully use chemotherapy many years uh, ago, after, right after uh, World War II, I think. And it really was simply mustard gas, a chemical poison that the hope was, and, and people have seen this throughout the years in many cancer treatments, that treatment would kill more cancer cells uh, before they hurt the person and it kills fast-growing uh, cells. That's what chemotherapy for cancer does. It kills the cancer cells which grow fast, hair cells that grow fast, stomach lining cells that grow fast. We now are first in the last several years, some of the drugs you've mentioned, moving away for drugs that try to kill the cancer more quickly than it kills you, to drugs that really disrupt how cancer works in its basic biological level. Again, this difference between a uh, something that's a very toxic treatment and something that's very targeted in disrupting the biological process. Uh, for those of you who have just joined us, you are listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Jerry Mann of the Yale Cancer Center about winning the war on cancer. Now, we're talking about treatment and the science and some exciting things happening. Uh, what about the role of prevention and screening and diet and not eating charred barbecue, and all of those kinds of things. Where, where are we with those kinds of approaches to cancer? Well, those are very important points because, as you know, I work here at a cancer center, and I know the top scientists are here. They don't expect to burst through the laboratory any day soon and say, I've got the solution in this one vial. It will take many steps. So we talk about finally winning the war on cancer. It will be because we prevent many more cancers than we do today, detect early and cure many more cancers than we do today, come up with more effective treatments, and then also be able to manage more cancers as chronic diseases. More prevention and a lot more early detection will be critical. Eating a lot of vegetables, in other words, is a preventive uh, method with very few side effects, unless you happen not to like broccoli, I guess. Diet's a big part. Diet, exercise, obesity, all three interrelated have a big effect. The number one is tobacco. Right, uh, which you've been involved with as well. Now, where are we on tobacco? I, th I think smoking rates have declined across the country. Is that right? And what do we do to encourage that? Well, tobacco is one of our successes here in Connecticut, where I'm talking to you from. In just the last several years, we've now gone down to only 16.5% of adults here are smokers. It's the third lowest rate in the country. Uh, how did we get there? Because we've done the things that health experts told us were most uh, likely to reduce smoking. But we really did the things that the experts, you can look it up in the journals and say, well, what works? And, and what it works is raising the unit price. We did that here. We have one of the higher taxes in the country is the way that our government can do that. We also put in place tough, clean indoor air laws to make it protect, mainly to protect the people who aren't smoking, but it also has the effect of encouraging others not to smoke. But I think the key thing to remember about smokers is three-quarters of smokers want to quit and would quit uh, today if they could. And so it's not that we're going out there uh, some, at some other prevention strategies trying to talk someone into doing something they're not interested in doing. 
we've made progress because three-quarters want to quit. We've just finally come up with better strategies. If we talk, get back to the war on cancer more broadly, what is the Washington piece of this? What does Congress have to do uh, in terms of money, planning, research, funding, and so forth? Well, that's a great question. And let me begin, if you don't mind, let me read you just a, a sentence or two from President Kennedy when he gave his State of the Union address in uh, 1961. Um, he talked about how we finally had the knowledge, but then he said that we've never, and this is a quote, we have never made the national decisions or marshaled the national resources required for such leadership. We have never specified long-range goals or an urgent time schedule or managed our resources and our time to be ensure their fulfillment. And I think that's really a key thing that's been missing. You know, when President Nixon uh, said we're going to defeat cancer, the goals weren't that clear. There went, and, and I think if you look, as I have over the years as we've uh, tried to defeat cancer, there really hasn't been until very, very recently a statement such as we will send a man to the moon in 10 years. We need a similar goal and a similar timeline in our war on cancer. Every year, more and more people without health insurance, many people in precarious circumstances, people, poor people and others who depend on Medicaid and those who depend on Medicare. What is the role of that financing in trying to prevent and treat cancer? Well, that is a big problem. It's much larger uh, than cancer and it'll make defeating cancer more difficult. I can give you examples. There's a well-known sort of disparities in outcomes in cancer care. And, and a lot of that is people who don't have health insurance, have inadequate health insurance, their cancers are often detected at later stages with a poor prognosis. So making progress on the health insurance problem will help with cancer, but it is its own problem, a big problem. But the efforts to defeat cancer, we can do that separate and apart from that other problem. Now, we're almost out of time, but what would be your parting words for the physicians among our listeners in terms of what they can do to help us all collectively win this war on cancer? I think what they can do is really go back to their societies and peers and say that we need to agree on a, a goal. A couple years ago, NCI uh, tried one out that by the year 2015 that they would end uh, death and suffering uh, from cancer. It was extremely a bold goal that was a challenge for the nation. But if you notice, the doctors in the country, I don't think we're adequately consulted on that. And there needs to be a better strategy that all doctors can embrace and, and support. I think if we go about doing that and set a, a goal that people are ready as the experts in the field to pursue, we can reach this goal. Well, thanks for being with us. I know that there was one group of policy experts that met to propose that kind of a goal, and they met on September 10th, 2001, and delivered their report, and it was never seen again. That brings us to a close. We've been talking about a newfangled war on cancer, the real war on cancer this time, with Jerry Mann of the Yale Cancer Center in New Haven. Thanks for being with us, Jerry. Thank you, Paul. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Comments, questions, send us an email, xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.